Let's bring in our Flames reporter for The Athletic, Julian McKenzie. How's it going, Julian? Going good. Good to hear your voice, Julian. Good to hear from you as well, Al's brother. Thank you very much. How's Calgary today? What's the energy like? Um, and what's the energy like specifically if your name is, is Jacob Markstrom? He gets the start tonight. Daryl Sutter very clearly said their save percentage is not as high as it needs to be. Uh, to your point, to your tweet, like no pressure on Markstrom, eh? Yeah, plus yesterday, too, uh, when we were talking to Daryl Sutter, he had mentioned the fact that, you know, they need him to get hot. And when you look at how this team has played over the last how many months of this season, there's been a lot of starting and and stopping, essentially. I think it's only happened twice this year where the the Flames have had a winning streak that has gone more than two games. They've had, like, two three-game winning streaks. So they haven't really had a moment where they've really, like, caught fire and won, like, four, five, six in a row. And... One big key for that is for, for Jacob Marstrom to, to pick up his play. But it's just, for the last little while, just for whatever reason, it just hasn't necessarily clicked for him. Where One talking point that's come up a lot is the fact that he seems to allow a lot of the first or second shots of games uh, right past him. And this is a team that finds a way to limit chances. I think uh, Daryl mentioned yesterday that I think they allow the second fewest shots. So I'll have to check if that is updated since. But like that's a team night in, night out that you're not going to get a lot of chances up on them, but for whatever reason, guys like Jacob Markstrom and even Dan Vladar, to a certain extent, it seems as if they still allow a lot of goals, even though they don't see a lot of puck coming their way. So for a guy like Jacob Markstrom, we all know about the Vincent Caliber season he had last year. We all know about how much money he's making. This team really needs him to get going, and I felt like yesterday was pretty much a vote of confidence uh, for, for, for Jacob Markstrom in order for him to get himself going. Yeah, like I was watching that game the other night when they played Boston, and they, they outshot them by, like, 40, 40 shots. They outplayed them. And Jacob Markstrom, if they would have got just one more save, they would have been able to win that game. And I feel like that's been a common occurrence over the last couple of weeks. And for a team that's in a playoff run, I mean, that's got to be incredibly frustrating from your standpoint as someone who wants to probably cover a playoff team and also within the fan base. i, I got to say, from a selfish standpoint, yeah, I can imagine that. But it's not about me. I, I, I imagine for the players, too. Uh, you know, they obviously, they believe in their guys. I should make that clear. I don't think I've heard from any of those guys at any point this year where they don't believe in Markstrom or Vladar. I remember earlier in the year when uh, we were asking about Markstrom and, and his play, Dylan Dubé kind of, you know, went to us and said, you know, this idea, this discussion about the goaltending being an issue is a bit of a tired issue. Now, obviously, it's kind of more in the spotlight more than ever. Uh, but I, I, I feel as if if you, if you go through the guys, they always like to say that they like to play for each other. They're a good group in there. I, I, I have to imagine that uh, to a certain extent, you know, they, they obviously don't like seeing what's going on with the goaltending, but it seems as if like they, they like their guys. They like those two guys especially, and those two like each other. Marshall and Lunar, I mean. So it's, it's a tough, it's a random situation, but I, 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 don't, I don't get the sense that they're so frustrated that they're, you know, like, ah, like we, we can't stand these guys. They know they also need to be better, too. It's not as if the Flames are scoring four, five, six goals at a time in a lot of these games uh, where, where Markstrom and Vodar aren't at their best. Yeah, that's what I was going to ask you about. They clearly need a save here and there, but haven't been scoring at a crazy rate either. Huberto's a guy that takes a lot of heat for it. Um, there was a lot of drama a couple weeks ago with his agent tweeting. How's Huberto settling in the past couple weeks? I feel as if just with the way that he's been playing here, he knows for sure he has yet to make a significant impact on the team. And, and I have to wonder if his confidence is, has taken a significant hit. I, I know after uh, the Boston game, I don't know if you guys saw, but in overtime, there was a stretch where Linus Allmark is in net and he loses his stick and his stick is in the corner of the ice. 
and, and, and Huberto and another player are coming up the ice, and Huberto opts to make that pass to, to his teammate, which I get he's an elite passer, so I don't blame him for trying to do that, but that play gets picked off and the Bruins go the other way. When we had asked Huberto about what he saw on that play, he said he didn't even see that Omar didn't have a stick. Um, I feel as if for, for Huberto right now, just what he's trying to play through, I don't necessarily think he's at his 100% when it comes to confidence. And I think that stems from how the year has gone and the adjustments and everything. And maybe there's still some lingering hurt feelings from how everything ended up from, from Florida and, and Calgary, all right? Like, like that's, that's, it's a bit of a tough situation for, for, for Huberto right now, I think. And I, I think he'd be the first to tell you that he's not playing at his best. And it, it's a bit, a bit of a letdown, unfortunately, for him. That being said, like, he's, you know, the fact that he's been able to take a guy like Jacques Peltier under his wing, I think that's helped him a lot. And I think they seem as if they want to stick with Huberto and, and Kadri right now. But I, I think a lot of people definitely, and I'm sure himself too, would feel that, like, you know, he has not played at the level a lot of people expected him to play at. That kid's spunky. Jacob Peltier? Yeah. I, I, I like I like the, the vibe that he, he gives off. And I feel like he actually, like, I've watched a few of the, the Flames games in the last couple of weeks here. And it does actually seem like him and him and Huberto have, have somewhat formed a bit of a bond here. And you've maybe seen a little bit of an uptick in play. Yeah, I, I think it's a natural thing, too. Like, you're, if you're a young guy and you go into a locker room, uh, you know, you're, you're trying to learn the lay of the land. And I think it's, it's pretty natural like everybody. You know, if you find yourself in a situation where you can make some kind of obvious connection, uh, you do it. Like when 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 Kyle came up to the team, like the first thing I think I thought of uh, is just okay. Is Huberdo, who has been in this league for a long time and is also a Quebecer, he's going to take him under his wing. And I remember, I think before uh, one of their road trips, I think when they were going through St. Louis and Dallas, I think Huberdo had told me that you know, hey, maybe it's worth just taking him out for dinner or something like that. I think it's just a natural connection to have two guys, uh, one at the beginning of his career, one still in the middle of his career, both from the same province. It makes perfect sense uh, that those two guys would connect. And it seems as if, like, you know, they're connecting on the ice, too. I'm still laughing at in that Bruins game. Uh, there was a play they tried to connect on, and, and Huberto tries to make this pass to, to Peltier. I think it goes off a Bruins player, and it goes in the net. And you see Peltier, he's pointing at Huberto. I should have confirmed for myself, but I'm still convinced that that's Pelletier pointing at Huberto, being like, dude, that's your goal. But everyone's seen the video of them on the bench. And, <laughs> yeah. And they're they're kind of, you know, not Pelletier, but like, they're, 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 being, they're being buddies. Uh, there's an obvious connection between those two guys, and I think, if anything, if Huberto's not going to be able to produce at that same rate that he was producing at last year, I think the fact that he's able to help along uh, a piece of the Flames' future, that's still a pretty positive contribution on his part. Yeah, a little budding bromance. Every good team needs one. So nice that the Flames have the French connection there. Uh, with Julian McKenzie right now out of Calgary, teeing up the Leafs-Flames game tonight. The Leafs lost last night to Edmonton. The Flames on a three-game slide of their own. How much desperation uh, do you expect to see out of the Flames tonight, Julian? I, I expect to see a lot of desperation from this team. And I think over this last stretch of games where they, yeah, they had the Arizona game, but they were in Vegas, Colorado, and then you have Boston uh, earlier this week, and now you have the Leafs. So if you take those four games and exclude Arizona, those are some high-quality teams we expect to see in the playoffs. And really, if it wasn't for goaltending, they at least hang out in each of those games. So I think if they, when they go into Toronto, I think they'll go into confidence knowing that, hey, they've found ways to hang around in those first few games. They just need their goaltending to be a little bit better, but they also need their offense to, to contribute as well. And, and, and I know we've kind of touched up on that in the first few questions that we were talking about today, but 
I, I expect some desperation considering the fact that there's still how many points out of a playoff spot. But I think they still, well, I think that there are some players who might be, you know, dipping a little bit in terms of confidence. I think there are some guys who still really believe, you know, they can make a run out of this. Daryl Sutter, for whatever reason, keeps saying that the, he believes they're going to go on some kind of 21 game win streak. I know he's saying it a bit in chat, like but like, but I, I get it. He said 22 when we were on the road with him last week, and he's saying, you know, I might be serious, but, you know, hey, maybe 21-game winning streak. And I think you need some kind of belief like that in order to keep your spirits up and, 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 and believe in your team. And, again, like I mentioned before, this team has not had, like, a hot winning streak at any point. And, you know what, sometimes, you know, you worry about if the team gets hot too soon. This is a pretty ideal situation for, for the Flames to at least start warming up. If they keep themselves in a position where they're around a playoff spot and then they heat up at the right time, just as other teams like Seattle are starting to take steps back, that could work in their benefit. Absolutely. And like you mentioned about how he keeps saying this seems good. Like the, the, the process is there. Like I'm just looking now in terms of expected goal differential, they're second in the league. So, like, the process is there. Eventually, you got to hope that they get those results. But, again, it's probably going to come down to whether or not Jacob Markstrom makes a, a save or two. And that'll Open be tough for a to dad do bump. I, do you believe in a dad bump, Julian? Yeah, I, the old Freddie Van Vliet dad bump. Maybe maybe we can get that out of Markstrom. Well, it's got to happen today. It's got to happen against the Toronto Maple Leafs in whatever games that they put him in. But I, I know I made the point the other day, and uh, Daryl Sutter again reiterated yesterday, but, like, this is the stretch where they need Jacob Markstrom to play really well, and I'm sure they'll still put in Dan Vladar and make sure that Markstrom can be as fresh as they can if they make the playoffs. But this is where Jacob Markstrom has to show that he is worth the money he's being paid and all of that hype that was being pushed on him because of his performance from last year. Yeah, again, no pressure, but it's a really pivotal night for Jacob Markstrom and a pivotal time around the NHL. We're, what, 25 ish hours away from I guess 26 hours yeah. away from the NHL trade deadline. I'm just seeing uh, David Pagnotta come across my Twitter timeline saying lots of smoke around the flames last couple days. Calgary weighing multiple options. Uh, do you have, it's hard to tell right now with Cal- Calgary kind of in such a hinged position, but how do you see them approaching the trade deadline? I, it's really hard to tell to be honest with you, just especially with a lot of that noise. Uh, my, my thing is it's just like, if it were up to me, like, I think with all of the commitments you made in the offseason, you know, it's hard for, for people to say, like, oh, man, you know, this team should sell off its assets and just start again. It's like it, you kind of got married to the pieces you got married to, so you kind of have to go for it. I guess you could do some kind of retool where if you realize that some of your players might be worth a few assets and you do take that step back, you know, maybe it is worth looking into if you're able to get something like that, considering what the prices have been over the last little while, but maybe at the deadline, some of those prices come down and maybe you're not going to get that value that you want at the same time with a lot of those big fish that are off the board already. I mean, not to say that the flames were necessarily going to be in on a guy like Patrick Kane, but there isn't really anyone out there who, like if the flames get like you think, okay, that's going to put them over the top and make them be this bonafide Stanley Cup contender. That being said, I still think if they kick tires on a few guys, um, I know I was talking with a, with a, with a uh, someone with the Flyers the other day, and they were saying that they did inquire at some point on James Van Riemsdyk, but uh, it hasn't really been more than that. But I still think if they make some kind of move, it could still at least kind of uplift some spirits in the locker room. But I can't see them making like a big splash that sees like a roster player going the other way or some kind of high draft pick going the other way too. I think the fact they don't have a third in this draft is a bit hurtful for them just because of the fact that like you know some pieces we've seen move 
you can flip a third in this year's draft and that'll help. But I think because they don't have a third this year, that might hurt if they want to get a guy like a James Van Riemsdyk. Because other teams might have him, that might help them get it. So it's a bit of a mystery right now with the Flames. I, I don't think they'll be completely quiet. I think they'll, they, I mean, obviously they need to figure out what they're doing. It's either going to be like a small acquisition, I think, or maybe, you know, they, they take that step back and they say, okay, we can get like a pretty good deal for this player. Let's sell them on. I can't see them doing any big wholesale change tomorrow. Little JVR Cadre reunion out in uh, in Calgary potentially that'd be you know that'd be a nice intriguing. Then I, I've heard I've heard I've been told <laughs> that they once upon a time did play My together heart. a little bit. So we'll see what happens. Uh, before we let you go, I got to get your thoughts on. Uh, I went on a little rant earlier today. I'm not it was sure. epic, honestly, Julian. I'm not sure if you saw what's going on out in uh, out in Arizona, but with them acquiring the Jacob Voracek contract, essentially, to what, in my opinion, is definitely cap circumvention to reach the floor. Uh, but that's a story for another day. But I came on these radio waves, and I said pretty abrasively that I believe that Connor Bedard should end up in Arizona just so that it looks bad on Gary Bettman. Do you sign off on that rant? No, I I don't like the <laughs> idea of Connor Bedard being an Arizona Coyote. I just, it would be so cool to see him in some other market where at least if they are in the pits, they're at least trying to uplift themselves. And be good. Like if you ended up in Anaheim, right? Yeah. Like you have Connor Bedard and Trevor Zegers and Troy Terry. Yeah, but that's good you for the might league. Have, that's, that you might have easily like the, Maybe not easily, but like you have one of the most exciting young cores yeah. if it if it happens in Anaheim. Even if he ends up in Chicago, um, like that's not as bad. Like, hey, fine, they've been tanking, but they're not money laundering. I mean, maybe money laundering is a, a strong phrase to say, <laughs> but like that's the joke that's been used with the Arizona Coyotes and the fact that they've been taking in salary. To be clear, I'm not saying they're money laundering. Please don't come after me. But, yeah, the like, FBI I, I be all like over. Yeah, we don't want that. I just no. think like it'd be cool to see him in another place. My one thing with the Arizona Coyotes is this: you're taking on all these salaries. I think it was um, I think it was Adam Herman who, who does stuff for the, on the Rangers who was saying that like almost sixty percent of their like there are a lot of salaries are for players who don't or are not going to be playing for the franchise. It's ludicrous. Like at what like like at what point does that turn into you actually trying to do something, Julian? Like, how long is this going to take? Is it, it two years? Is this three years? Is this like like what? Like, what's the plan? Like, I, I would like to know, like, what is this actually going to lead to? Is it just going to be Clayton Keller playing in, in Mullet Arena in front of 5,000 people? That's a novelty in itself, and it's not that, I mean, like, that's a whole other thing itself. But, like, is that, is that really what it's going to be? Like, I, I really would like to see, like, when they're actually going to be competitive, you know? Like, it's good that all these really need there, and he's coaching all those young guys, but, like, I don't know. Like, I'd like to see them actually, like, try at some point, or at least get an idea of, like, when that's going to happen. Can I, I'm going to give you a little bit of homework, Okay. So okay. when, next time, what are you and CJ doing your next show? Today, tomorrow? So we're dropping an episode today, and we're doing a bonus podcast on Saturday. Perfect. I want you to ask CJ a question. When you okay. look at that and you see 60% of their roster and their cap is for players that are not playing with this team, how has the NHLPA not filed a grievance against that? That's just absolutely ridiculous. And is that something that maybe they could look into? I'm curious okay. to see Add what to CJ would have to say on that. Yes, that's I'm the mailbag. That's okay, the mailbag question. So it's from to, Al's brother. Yeah, I, I, I believe we're taking in questions for Saturday. We're also taking questions in for Monday. I will add that to the Saturday mailbag. So please listen to the Saturday show, and we'll make sure uh, that question gets answered. Absolutely. The Chris Johnson Show with 
terrific host, Julia McKenzie, who's uh, had a great hit with us tonight, and uh, or this afternoon, rather, and uh, enjoy the game. Deep. He played <laughs> Bucks and Deep. Rolled four four check, lines. Four check, back check, paycheck, bro. That's what it's all about, and that's what Julia McKenzie's yes, all about. All right, pal. Good chatting with you, as always. We'll, uh, we'll chat again, and uh, enjoy the game tonight. All right. Talk to you guys soon. Peace.